When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, today's guest is Slade Echeverria, lead vocalist and bassist for the Phoenix, Arizona rock band, Ann Arbor. Together we break down the writing, recording, and inspiration behind the surprise hit single, 18, taken from their 2013 album, Burnout. I say surprise hit because this song wasn't released as a single via audio or video upon the album's initial release. Rather, the song became a TikTok phenomenon going viral with legions of people across that social media platform. So much so that the band, due to audience demand, had to start playing 18 at their live shows. Slade mentioned that this song was a bit outside of the box to what Ann Arbor had released up to that point. It was written rather quickly and came together fairly easy in the studio, thanks in part to producer Matt Mahefi's involvement. There's a lot going on production-wise, and Slade pointed out that the band had to learn to replicate a lot of those sounds captured on the recording, when they finally decided to play the song live. Very cool. For all this and a bunch more, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey Slade, how are you? Good, good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for thanks for sitting in today. Uh, where, where are you at right now? So I am in my daughter's room in Phoenix, Arizona, um, in the heat, baby. I love it. I noticed some stuffed animals back there. I was like, either that's some fancy mojo for a studio that you're in, or or that's uh, one of your ki- kids' rooms. Yeah, definitely kids' rooms. I wish I, I wish I had a studio that was this cool, but I got this is this is where <laughs> I have to hide out when I got to do stuff like this. So. That's awesome. Well, I've been doing a little research uh, on your band for the past couple days, and you know, Ann Arbor. I'm sure you know is a city in Michigan, um, yes. and I'm from Michigan, and my father used to work in Ann Arbor. And okay. Was there was there a lot of confusion over the years with that being your uh, being your name? people thinking you're from Michigan, although you're from Phoenix? Yes, that is a common uh, <laughs> common thing. People say they'll be like, oh, well, you guys must be from Michigan. And it's like, actually, we're from Arizona. And people are like, why does that make no sense? And it's like, it actually makes no sense. Because when we came up with a name, um, we had to do a quick name change back at the very beginning of like uh, when we first got signed. And we couldn't go with our old name. Our old name was like Troop 101. And it just was so bad. And even the label was like, you guys need to change it. So um, (laughs) what we did was we just, we all kind of went on AIM or whatever it was and threw five names in. And I think our guitar player at the time said Ann Arbor, but we kind of smashed it in and that's where we came up with it. So there's no crazy real story about it. But um, yeah, yeah, we do get that all the time, all the time. And of course, it's spelled different than Ann Arbor, Michigan. It has two N's. So, uh, yeah, right. I just I, I had to had to ask about that because I'd imagine that would get annoying over the years that you've been asked that a million times in interviews. And that, that's how I start this one off. <laughs> You're good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, uh, you formed in Phoenix in 2003, signed to Hopeless in 08 while you were still in high school. What was that like? Yeah. So. 
that was pretty crazy, man. Like back in the day, we were just going to like you know Warp Tour and Edge Fest as a bunch of like friends here in Phoenix, and we kind of just wanted to start the band. Uh, none of us had really played any instruments, so it took us a while to get it going. Um, but the local scene here kind of picked us up, and we kind of just played shows on the weekends when we weren't in school. So we tried to um, just get out as much as we could, eventually traveling to like California and stuff, and then started getting some record attention there. And God bless our parents. Our parents like let us do all this stuff, you know. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. Like here you are in high school, and all of a sudden these this you know rec- Mr. Record Company man's knocking on the door. The, what'd your parents think? Yeah, so they were like, okay, you know, the, you guys are actually kind of good, and um, they didn't really understand because it was like the emo music scene. So they were like, whatever, you know, if you guys want to do this, you can. Um, but they were definitely not stoked at the beginning. They gave us a couple shots, and we you know we we did good, and so they're like, okay, I'll let you guys kind of go off on your own, but. It was kind of subtly, you know, we, we were slowly doing it. So we went over, you know, to California on the weekends. We'd go over to New Mexico, maybe a little Texas here. But once it all came into, you know, leaving for a month, they were definitely hesitant on letting us go. It was not easy. So, yeah, you guys have released four EPs and four studio albums. Your debut Hopeless EP, The Natural Way, was released in 2008, debuted at number six on the Billboard Top Singles album chart. First full-length album, The Words You Don't Swallow, uh, was released in April 2010. Your second album, Burnout, which is the album that 18 is from, the song we're going to be talking about today, was released in July 2013. In 2016, you released your self-titled record, and your brand new album just came out September 2nd called Love and Drugs. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Gosh. It's crazy to hear all that when you say it because it's been such a long journey for us and like we had a bunch of EPs but the records are like you know I mean you're in a band you know the records are really what matters I guess so yeah um, this this one was really important for us like we really we worked really hard on it. it took a lot of time we scrapped a whole record that we wrote just to get you know the best stuff that we could so uh, this this latest one love and drugs is like really really uh we're really excited about it yeah that's awesome. Well, you know, when we're researching for these shows, my producer Chris and I, and our listeners know this, we we dig pretty deep. We look at Spotify plays, we look at YouTube plays, try to figure out, you know, what is a career-defining song for a band. I went back and noticed that 18 wasn't released as like a video or single from the Burnout record, but no. this is arguably one of your biggest songs. I've looked at live clips from this. The audience goes completely crazy for this song. Uh, what is it about this? What, was it in a Tony Hawk video game or something? How, how did this thing just blow up for you guys dude it's it's pretty strange because when we wrote the song we didn't really know i I mean it wasn't even a single off the record like you said necessarily right so we didn't even do a freaking music video for it um and honestly at the time people weren't really that into it i feel like it was maybe a little bit too kind of sing-songy poppy for what we had as like our sound so people might have bypassed it and then dude you, you, you hit me up like you know two or three years ago and tiktok came around and all of a sudden i mean we didn't even have a tiktok dude i I hadn't even really heard of it but somebody's like your song is going viral on tiktok and we were like whatever so we looked into it and there's just millions of videos dude millions and i couldn't believe it and we completely missed the chance to you know gain the followers or that (laughs) that one but we saw and we were like holy you know holy shit dude like this is uh this is crazy and then we went to the spotify and we pieced it together that that was how like it landed on so many playlists that just organically that even now it's just running strong on our top dude it's crazy congrats i love that thanks i dude. love that i love that story because it just goes to show you no matter as an artist you could put out a song 20 years ago we're seeing it with stranger things with yeah. metallica and kate bush where these songs are coming back and re-entering the top billboard 200 and the album's charting again and and you you just never know and and this song is 
leaps and bounds, I would say, further than your other songs in terms of plays. This thing yeah. just has legs, and it's got to be from the TikTok thing. Dude, dude it, it's got to be from the TikTok. And, and right around that time, we had a little bit of buzz from the Scooby-Doo thing, too. So I think that's maybe where that kind of fell short. People were like, oh, Scooby-Doo, they went kind of buzzing over that. And so later on, dude, it's crazy. Like you said, how songs can just kind of reemerge and hit the charts after years. Like, what a, what a time, man. What a time for us. Sure. And after that happened, did you notice, like I said, I went and watched live videos. Uh, and most of them were within the past three or four years. Did you notice the crowd reception to this song? Uh, dude, it's funny because we, we didn't even think about playing the song live. We, we didn't even, we didn't even like, it wasn't even cause it was so poppy and like, we're like, dude, we're a rock band, you know, like yeah. I, I love to, to rock out and I'm not really like 18, you know? So it was, it, it was what it was, but I think I finally started to notice and I was, I just did an interview the other day and they were like, you know, what's your set list like? And I was like, I was just, I'm always so particular on our set list cause I like to play what I like. Unfortunately, not a lot of people like that, but I finally put my white flag up and we're starting to play, you know, our top 15 songs off Spotify or whatever it is so people can be happy. But um, <laughs> we've, the last few shows that we've played, man, have been like we've had to save it for like our later songs because people want to hear that song. It's crazy. It's the hit. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And I, hey, I'm stoked about it. I, I love it, man. I, it, I'm just it's, embracing it's, it now. You, you, as you should, you know, I have songs that if they would have become popular or been huge for my band, they're, they're a little cringy at this point. I wrote right. them when I was 21 or 22 and there's some lyrics in here that you might not want to sing as an older man, you know, Dude, and, yes. and, 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 we'll, and we'll get to those, but think about the TikTok generation, how much younger fans they are and how could, how they're relating to this lyric now. And you never would have totally. thought it back in the day. Oh my gosh. Never would have, dude. And you should see these videos. Like these kids are all punked out, you know, doing the, <laughs> doing the whole edits and it's, it's so cool, man. It's so cool to see and to know that people have actually, you know, whether or not they heard us now they've heard us. So it's, it's cool. Right. So where was this song when you were writing the record burnout? Where was this song uh, to you? Like where, where did it fit? Did it, what, did you have high hopes? It doesn't sound like it, it sounds like it was just maybe another song at that point. Yeah. I think for everyone that was a part of the team at that time, it was, it was a good song. Um, it wasn't the single. Cause like I said, we were more of like a rock kind of going for a rock vibe, but we definitely were going to keep it a part of the record. Um, I know the label really liked it. But everybody that was kind of like like our manager in the band, we were like, yeah, it's too poppy, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we pretty sure we threw it like right in the beginning of the record. But I mean, yeah, it sits, it sits perfectly fine, I think, with everything else. And now that we've, you know, experienced and gotten more mature with our sound, it's definitely kept our sound a little bit more broad, which is great. So That's really cool. And have you played it pretty much at every show the past couple of years? Yeah. Dude, it's, a, it's a staple now. Oh, yeah, it's a staple, man. We got to save it. We got to save it. <laughs> Again, like I said, I watched a bunch of live videos and the, the audience reaction is incredible from this song. The song is is relatively short, two minutes and 37 seconds, Yeah. Uh, which yeah. which there's no there's no fat on the bone here at all, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, especially like musically wise, you know, we went in, it was definitely like we, we I think it was definitely more of like a lyric driven song. We kind of came up with a riff and then we, we were all in the room. We were like, okay, let's just start writing melodies. We came up with the melody and then the lyrics came shortly after. But yeah, nothing too hard or crazy about it, dude, which is, which is, which blows my mind still because we have so many better songs. But <laughs> it is what it is, man. You don't know how many times on this show someone said that we have better songs. I'm like, I know, but don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Look I know, what this bro. song's done for you. I know, you know? Yeah. I know, I know. It's incredible. Well, the album was produced by, is it Matt? Mahaffey? Matt Mahaffey, yes, sir. 
Matt oh. Mahaffey. Yeah. And I hadn't heard of Matt before. He's from the band Self. They're yeah. a great band. Dude. I remember Self. Dude, that band is so sick. Like, I had never heard of them before we went into the studio with him. And he's like, yeah, you know, I play with a band uh, called Self. And he is, Self is just him. Like, he is the right. band. so 90s so cool like uh he did a bunch of stuff for shrek uh he did like the whole like soundtrack for shrek and even his singles that he's got were so cool man he was he was really good really cool producer really guy out in nashville yeah well upon researching him he's worked with pink beck liz fair tenacious d snoop dogg among others and he's a multi-instrumentalist as well he he's, plays a bunch of stuff and he was credited uh on your record for playing some instruments yeah yeah dude he's super techie like i don't even know some of the stuff that he had in there like just crazy keyboards and uh yeah dude he, he really really good guy really really smart guy too really nice that's awesome well the track again is two minutes and 37 seconds there's an eight bar intro and there's this drum loop now are those, were those real drums that are processed there i couldn't tell they are fake they are not real drums okay okay so it is it, it is a standard drum loop uh there's acoustic guitar right off the top and it sounds like it's finger picked i love what the guitar is doing there yes bass is in off the top there's shakers present throughout uh, and there's a single tambourine hit on bar four and bar five uh and the intro uh here is the verse progression that leads into verse one Crazy. Pulled up in your daddy's car. You want to move in with me? Guess we're off to a heavy start. Should have seen this coming from a mile away. 18. Crazy. I know what you want from me. I know what you want from me. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well. <laughs> oh, boy. This was uh, probably when I was like around 21, 20-ish. Um, and I'd been touring a lot. Got back home, we, you know, the band was buzzing and stuff, and of course, you know, I'm just hanging out at home doing whatever, so meet this girl, she's like 18 or whatever, and she had a bunch of money, so she was always, you know, living off her parents and stuff, but she thought, you know, that I was some, like, cool rock star guy or whatever, and we tried to always hide that, but I tried to base it kind of off of that, like, relationship that I had, that I just was coming in as, like, like this kind of, like, tattooed cool guy, and she's just, just like, stay, you know, like, uh, square girl I suppose and trying to date this cool guy and just a weird mixture I guess but some of the interactions that I had with you know this girl and maybe a few other girls definitely jammed itself into this song so I mean it's it's definitely it definitely is a real thing I think musicians are going to be able to write about being 18 forever right. I don't think it'll ever get old because there's always a fresh batch of 18 year olds that are experiencing and maybe I can move out of mom and dad's house but the the whole thing about being 18 it never gets old and it's so relatable uh, as evidenced by the TikTok thing that happened with you guys right and we were you know we were talking about other like like other rhymes that could go with it like 18 like you know that was in the discussion where we were writing it and um 
uh, Sean was like, we should stick with 18, you know, that's like a perfect, you know, time. I mean, you guys aren't far away from 18 anyway. And it was like, yeah, sure. And we all kind of agreed that that would be the, the number. Gotcha. And before we go too much further, did you demo this song? No. No demo? Well, I, I guess yes, because we wrote the song uh, like in a room real quick, demoed it, and then we went back with Mahaffey and I guess finished it. So yeah, we did. It was a quick demo, but it was nothing like we were listening to like like heavily. We didn't change much on it. So I, I guess we, I don't even remember that demo, but I guess we did. Yeah. Right. And how do you typically write? Do you write on an acoustic guitar or by yourself and then present it to the band or how'd that process go? Um, Usually... I'll write on an acoustic. I get these melodies in my head and I'll kind of try to voice note them. Um, and then I'll kind of hear stuff in the back, like for music. Um, but when it comes to like, like if, if I'm just singing of like a hook, quick hook or something, I'll kind of track it really quick on my phone. But I like to write with my uh, the guitar, our other guitar player, Danny. He's more of like a studio tracking guy, so we can do quick demos there. He's a great guitar player, great musician. So he kind of fills the gaps. Um, and I can really focus on what I'm doing, which is, you know, the melody and the lyrics and stuff. Um, so that's usually how I like to write. But, you know, I, I did this uh, YouTube series called Rudy with a producer here in Phoenix. Um, and we did a thing called a song a day where we tried to write as fast as we could, the best song we could in one day. Um, and it was, I'll be honest, it's some of my best stuff that we've ever done. And it never really did anything. But, I mean, everybody that listens to it is like, dude, this was some good stuff. And I was like, I know. And we wrote all those songs in one day. It's crazy. Something about that spontaneity, uh, you know, breeds creativity. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And that, that first idea, you know, it's a, it, as much as you want to think that there could be another one, sometimes that's the one, dude. You just never know. Well, the reason I asked about the demo, there's a lot going on in this song from production value. Lots of different instruments coming in and out. And how much of that I, was created in the studio, I guess, with, with Matt, uh, your producer? Like, was you know, would you sit down and say, hey, I think we should maybe try this type of guitar tone here? Or, or did your bandmates and yourself kind of have an idea what you wanted it to sound like at that point? Because you said this song's a little more poppy than some of your other stuff, too. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I want to say Matt Mahaffey kind of took the lead um, on like the where the guitars and stuff were going. Because if I remember correctly, the demo that we had was on acoustic so coming in with an electric guitar actually changed it a bunch and um he definitely was there you know he had so many pedals dude like this guy is like crazy um and we were just trying to find the best sound and yeah Matt Mahaffey had a lot to do with that for sure was that an acoustic off the top or was that electric um actually it could be acoustic I got sorry it, okay. I think it, we play it live with electric so that's that's why I'm getting uh, confused on it but yeah it is acoustic you're right that's what it sounded like it sounded like a finger-picked acoustic well when we start off verse one here there's like this huge breath that you take that starts the verse it almost sounds like a reverse vocal or reverse symbol there 18 crazy it's a cool way, and I'll tell you, I have falsetto envy. Uh, if anybody oh, could, could, could do the falsetto thing, and you pull it off live, too. Thanks, dude. Uh, I just can't do it. I, I can do it, but it's just not believable, and, and, and my bandmates laugh at me, and you have a really strong falsetto to be able to go back and forth. It's great. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, it's funny because... When I was little, my mom would just be, I would always be singing. She's like, you need to take singing lessons. And I was like, no, nah, that's for girls. And then she just threw me in singing lessons, not knowing that I would do music just because I was a bored kid. And here I am. So I have got to thank my teacher for that shit, man. She definitely trained me up for that one. <laughs> well, that's very cool. On the second half of this verse, which the second half of this verse is almost like a pre-chorus. I was going to call it a pre-chorus, but I'm going with verse for the whole thing I just read. But on the second half here, on the line, should have seen this coming from a mile away. There's like an electric piano or something that joins uh, off to the left. It's kind of pan. It's only on this line, and it's pretty loud in the mix. Seen this coming from a mile away. 18 crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. I believe it's uh, it's like a piano or something. That it's like a little bell mm-hmm. type of thing in the back. Yeah, yeah. I really love that part. I'm pretty sure it's like a keyboard. Yeah, he was credited. Matt was credited as playing like a Fender Rhodes, and that's what it yep. sounds like—an electric piano that's at it, that man. part. That's it, right there. Yep. It, it's really cool. And on the last line, I know what you want from me. The band stops as the guitars ring out a big chord with like this tremolo bar, which I guess you'd call that a whammy bar. Uh, the guitar kind of does a, a little a little warble there. And there's also, yeah, 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 yeah. there's these four, four hits on the ride cymbal that happens to set up uh, chorus number one. I know what you want from me. So if you want to piss off your parents, leave me to scare them, show them you're all grown up. If long hair and tattoos are what attract you, baby, then you're in luck. And I know it's just a phase, you're not in love with me. You want to piss off your parents, baby, piss off your parents, that's all right with me. And uh, again, do, do you recall being in the studio and, and, and your guitar player or, or you did that uh, that whammy bar part? I honestly think that might have been a Mahaffey move, too, because at the time, our guitar players weren't super into like changing pedals. Dude, like like I said, we were like the most organic you could get. Like, dude, we came out of a garage. We didn't know shit about anything. We just were like, we're going to start a band. So, I mean, at this point, we had been pretty, pretty far along in our career. But even then, like... Our guys didn't have any whammy bars on their guitars or any shit like that, dude. Like we were just straight up, <laughs> straight up doing it. So um, it was again a Mahaffey move to be like, "Have you guys ever, you know, used a whammy bar?" And we're like, "No." And he's like, "Check this out," you know. And he strums it out and he goes, "Wow!" And we're just like, "Whoa!" Um, and it was, you know, one of those moments where it was like, "This is super cool." And then forever, you know, those guys carried those whammy bars on them. But it was a cool moment for sure. You gave me deja vu. We had uh, Dan from Story of the Year on the show. And when they made their first record with John Feldman, they had to actually go and like learn how to recreate all those sounds. Yeah, they had never dude. worked with those pedals and stuff before. And it kind of shaped who they were as a band. And it really, really pushes you as a musician. Yeah, dude. Stuff like that is so cool. And producers, when they can get that out of you, is like, it's groundbreaking for bands. I think for us, it was Mike Green. Mike Green was like our guy that worked on our for earlier stuff. But he like completely molded that signature Ann Arbor sound for us, which is exactly what we needed because we had no direction. You know, we're just mm-hmm. writing music for music. And he's like, yo, 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 bring it in. This is your sound. This is what you guys need to keep doing. And we were like, oh, wow. So it kind of clicked for us. But, dude, that, that's so cool to hear that about that story of the year. Yeah, no. And, and you know, there's I always talk about little hooks within songs. And that little whammy bar thing there is just a little You're It's right. a little hook there. You're I, right. I, I, I think it's great. Well, chorus one, I'm going to read these lyrics and have you set these up for us, Slade. Uh, the first line here is just by yourself. You say, so if you want to piss off your parents, date me to scare them. Show them you're all grown up. If long hair and tattoos are what attract you, baby, then you're in luck. And I know it's just a phase. You're not in love with me. You want to piss off your parents, baby. Piss off your parents? That's all right with me. So it's pretty funny how quickly this course came because we were all sitting there and we had the verse written already. And we had the, you know, we already had the music for the course kind of figured out. Um, and uh, Sean Douglas is in there and. He's like, what, what if we just make it something like, you know, you want to piss off your parents, kid, or something like that. And we're like, <laughs> oh, that's really funny, you know, or whatever. And we kind of ran with the piss off your parents thing. So um, I think one of us was, you know, piss off your parents, Damien. And it just kind of rolled into the next thing. And we're all throwing these lines out. Um, and it pieced together really nicely and very fast. Um, and yeah. it's crazy how quickly that that course happened because 
Like, I mean, it's, it's one of our most popular songs and I put hours into hours and hours into courses and we literally came up with this in like within an hour and a half and the demo was finished. So it's, it's crazy how, how that worked, man, and how, how quickly it, it came in, into its final, you know, final course. Hey everybody, don't go anywhere. We got lots more with Slade Echeverria after a few words from our sponsors. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. And now, back to the show. Our listeners know, can't tell you how many times you've heard of that on this show, you know, huge hits for bands that just were written in two minutes, didn't have much thought behind it, and the one they labored over is the, the album track that no one wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear, <laughs> dude. It, 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 it's a little disheartening, but also, it just goes to show that you just never know. You never know. And that's the beauty of it. You truly don't ever know. Well, the uh, and, and I'll tell you, what, what teenage kid can't get behind this lyric here? I mean, you know, everyone's trying to, to, trying to piss off their parents at that age. Uh, the drums, bass, and stereo guitars are in at the top of this chorus. They're pretty fuzzy guitars. You recall, like, if maybe there was a Big Muff on there or anything? I think we were doing Big Muff during that time. I know we, yeah, it must have had to be a Big Muff or something, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, it almost sounds like a flanger on there, too, with the guitars. Sounds a little flangy, and uh, those guitars are playing really staccato jing jing yep jing jing rhythms and it's just it's it's really heavy the tambourine is playing 16th notes it's really keeping this chorus moving there's harmonies on the back half uh starting with and i know it's just a phase harmonies all through the end at that point in the song the stereo guitars go to a strumming pattern and a synthesizer also joins here which that synthesizer is a total hook too yeah uh, did that did, did that come from matt that was another matt thing and that's just him like sitting there you know like hitting hitting known getting these all crazy effects and we would you know we so we were staying at his house and we would uh we would track and then we'd come back go or go to sleep like in his basement or whatever and then come back in the morning and track and be guys check this out i added this to the track you know blah 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 and be like oh that's so rad you know and he, he would always have like little little secrets here and there that he would put in and that was one of them that's so great i've, I've had that go both ways with myself where i've walked in and producers like hey check this out it's like oh my gosh this is the greatest thing in the world and other times it's like 
Why'd you do that? Why did you change it? Yeah, no, I've definitely yeah. gone both ways. This happened to be a good, a good thing for sure. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Well, on the last line, that's all right with me. This line is just vocals, and it's followed by two bars of I don't know if this is a synthesizer swell or a guitar swell. It's a guitar, yeah. It's like it's like it a is. it is a guitar. It's like but Matt like put it in reverse or something. He yes, he did. He affected it with something, and it um and even to this day we're like, how do we like Danny, our guitar player, is like, I still don't know how to like recreate this. Yeah, <laughs> just do a you just do a pick slide at that point. Exactly right. Hey, that's kind of I think pretty sure that's what he does. But even to this <laughs> point, yeah, it's so funny. Even our drummers will get because we don't have a, an actual drummer. We always have to hire guys. We usually have we have this guy now, but long story. Anyways. Um, during that part specifically, they're like, t- t- they think that it's sooner than it should be. And it's, we're like, no, 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 dude, that part, I know it's a little bit weird, but it's like kind of a delay. I don't know. But it seems to confuse people a little bit when you're actually playing the song. It's funny. Well, it's kind of strange. It is a full two bars of a rest there with that noise. And I really zoned in on that part because I always, you know, when I hear sounds I haven't heard before, I'm like, what is that? That's different. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Verse two uh, comes right after that uh, that swell there. Drums, bass, and an acoustic sounding guitar are joined by a clean palm muted guitar with like delay off to the right. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like kind of panned it or something. I don't know. We always try to add a little bit of indiness to it. So even that like little like little guitar picking was a little bit out of our range, but we that was kind of like a door open for us too. So I, I really I really like that part in that song. Yeah, that part's great, and it really uh, separates verse two from verse one. It's just uh, right. you know kind of kind of lift, lifting the song there. Definitely. You know I'm broke, so you pulled out your daddy's card. I drink, I smoke. You waited up from the very start. Should have seen this coming from a mile away. I'll play your game. I know what you want from me. I know what you want from me. So if you want to piss off your parents, you know I'm broke. So you pulled out your daddy's card. I drink, I smoke. You ate it up from the very start. Should have seen this coming from a mile away. I'll play your game. I know what you want from me. I know what you want from me. Uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I think at this point, we were all just trying to describe, like, I guess, me, I guess, and whatever it was, kind of, because we had to fit that character, right? So, I mean, it kind of laid it out. That was me in, like, my 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 early 20s, man. Drinking, smoking, kind of an asshole, and just not really caring, and we portrayed that into this yeah it kind of speaks for itself in a way man right and did the other guys how much influence did they have you know i know that uh, one of the guys in the band kind of came up with the chorus line but mm-hmm. where were they at this point when you were crafted did they have suggestions hey maybe change this line or did, did they like what you were coming up with yeah yeah so we were all we were all kind of jumping in and throwing stuff out and at the time i didn't even have long hair i think a couple of the other guys did so <laughs> they they threw that you know they threw little stuff like that and that that made it make more sense it made the song a little bit better but i think for us when it comes down to songwriting we we were just so young and we didn't it wasn't like everyone specific to their role really it was very interesting like the the way the dynamic for the band that we had back in the day um so everybody was kind of writing and throwing stuff out and just kind of seeing where it went it's before egos took over and you got older dude yeah <laughs> seriously <bro. laughs> I need to get more of my songs on the record. And now there's only two members in my band, so it makes perfect sense, bro. There you go. Well, that's funny. I'm just kidding. 
On verse two here, the uh, on the second half, should have seen this coming. Killer harmony on that line. You waited up from the very start. Should have seen this coming from a mile away. I love harmonies, dude. Thank you. I'm, I love doing harmonies, and I love trying to get like kind of the weirder ones in there. I know this one's probably not too crazy, but that one's great. And again, it's it's not in verse one. You have the harmony there. Do you recall having that conversation with Matt Maheffy? Did he did he say, "Hey, there should be harmonies here," did, or did you kind of have a blueprint when you went in, kind of knowing where they were going to be at? For the most part, I kind of do like know where they should go, um, and then we'll kind of dissect that one line and see what we can get around it. Um, but I do recall. Um, I think him being like the second time around, let's throw something in and um, like us finding this part specifically, because this one took me a minute to hit. It's kind of a weirder one. And a synth also comes in here on the back half. Uh, it's kind of panned off left. It's awesome. Again, was that something that, that Matt, you walked in one day and he, and he said, hey, check this out? It had to have been, dude. It had to have been because I know that I wasn't sitting there going, Wah! <laughs> right. And, yeah. But how was that weird for you as a younger songwriter? It seems like you were pretty receptive because I know my band, myself included, we, we were not receptive to producers in the early days. We knew everything. We were already playing to 200 people up the road. What do you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, uh, right? I, I couldn't have been I couldn't have been more wrong. But you seem like you guys were pretty receptive to this. Like he was like the fifth member of the band at this point. Yeah, we, we definitely took him in and um Originally, we wrote a song with him to just to see how it would go, and it turned out really good, and we knew that we vibed really well with him. So we kind of gave him this trust, um, and he kind of just ran with it, and honestly, he did a great job. There was some stuff, obviously, that we kind of had to take out, and he was kind of, like I said, more techie, more electronic, so he always wanted to add electronic stuff into the songs, which we didn't really didn't really want. Um, so it was, you know, hit or miss, bouncing off each other, but he did a great job, dude. I, I mean, I... I love Matt. I thought he was great. Yeah, no, and the record is you know almost ten years old. It still sounds Crazy. current. Yeah. yeah, it sounds current. It sounds it sounds awesome. The last line there's a harmony on "I Know What You Want from Me" and those uh 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 uhs that you do. There's harmonies there. The band stops there. There's a tambourine rattle and that guitar tremolo happens again there before we get into chorus two. Again, love those harmonies there. Yeah, great. Dude, thank you, thank you. I know what you want from me. a drum fill this time it's not you're not by yourself on the first so you wanna that's just you Slade and the rest of the chorus the rest of the chorus is the same lyrics from chorus one but there's a harmony on every line this time yeah we just wanted to elevate it just a little bit um so I think with that you know touch of a harmony just kind of was like oh and nobody really notices it but you, uh, you feel something that's just a little bit brighter, and I think that's what that did. Have you ever done this, and the harmonies on this chorus are great, have you ever laid down a harmony on chorus two or three and then said, man, it's got to be on chorus one. I miss it too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... Okay. Yeah. I, if they stayed or not, I'd have to go back and listen, but I'm always <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, it sounds better this way, you know? And, no, yeah. I, I love I love songs that build, but it, this song was interesting to me when I, when I would go back and, and hit rewind and listen to it again. When the first chorus would come on, it sounded naked to me without all those harmonies. Yeah, right? Okay, so I, I feel yeah. that, man. I feel, I feel that. I'm, yeah. all, I'm all about a song building, though, and, and again, I love the harmonies there. On the back half here, uh, the synth comes in again with big strum 
strumming stereo guitars. And when I AB those parts to chorus number one, they both sound like they're a bit louder in the mix. Mm-hmm. They sound bigger there. Do you recall? We did definitely bump it. We did, you know, the gradual build. So uh, just turning that gain up a little bit more or whatever it is, you know, that mat mat style of doing it yeah when those guitars start strumming in the second half here they just seem bigger i i kept a b in it with the first i'm like they're bigger here as well as that synth that comes in yeah it yeah. sounds a little bit like not huge maybe one db or something but it's enough to where it lifts there yeah he did a good job of kind of using the guitars to lift it for sure and that's behind it that's great and matt did mix the record too yes correct? yes sir that's what i thought well We get into a really cool, I'm calling this a bridge. There's a four bar break and it's dun, dun, dun. And these woo, 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 woo vocals that happen two times. And again, it only happens that one time, that part with those, with those breaks, with the drums and the guitars and those, those harmonies on the woo, woo, woo's. But that's a hook within the song. Right there is like pretty classic Ann Arbor style. We always would do like the hits and then the stop and the weird, you know, breaks. Um, but that was kind of our way of putting our sound into that, I think. Yeah, I love that part. And it's only used once. There was some yeah. restraint with that, I feel, because it's a great part. You could have almost started the song with it. You could have ended the song with it. That's but you said, point. no. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like, no, it. It's just it's just gonna go here. Well, uh, the, and the guitars sound massive on on those hits with the drums. Those four bars are followed by twelve bars of the woo oo's with harmonies and a loud. It sounds like a wah wah pedal on yep. a guitar. Yeah, yeah. Is that what's happening there? Came came right back, dude. And here, Matt, or yeah, Matt's just whack 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 hitting it so hard, and we all loved it. And that that like brought the funkiness of Ann Arbor because we've always been a little funk too. Um, so uh-huh. that that kind of just like put it put it right in dude i mean it was perfect um the whammy bar did a lot for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first pass of this song when i heard that i'm like that's an unexpected turn i didn't expect it coming in and it's not this uh uh super technical part but right. it's just i think i think it's perfect perfect for this bridge part yeah man thank you um it's always it's funny to hear that because i've heard the song so many times but yeah, it is. It's definitely a cooler part for sure when it comes in. At the very end here, we get the lyric, I know what you want from me. It's the last four bars. There's a tambourine rattle and those ooh, 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 ooh vocals harmonies happen again to take us into chorus number three. I know what you want from me. So if you want to piss off your parents, take me to scare them, show them you're all grown up. If long hair and tattoos are what attract you, baby. Again, you're in the studio now, and you're creating this bridge part. You know, uh, whose idea was it? Hey, we should stop here and bring those ooze in before we go to chorus three. Do you, do you recall how that happened? This wasn't a part of the demo, so we had to add um, this little changeover into the next, uh, like I guess, breakdown course that we had. Um, but this was like us and Mahaffey kind of dissecting it and being like, how can we go from a rock back into the course um, and uh, still make it sound cool? 
so doing that like little walk up walk down thing um definitely definitely fit the song so we, we kept it very cool well chorus three pretty much the same lyrics uh the back half it changes though so i'm going to read all of these yeah, yeah have you set the have you set these up i'm not going to do what i'm calling the post chorus outro i'm just gonna gonna read up to a certain point here okay so if you want to piss off your parents date me to scare them show them you're all grown up if long hair and tattoos are what attract you baby then you're in luck and i know it's just a phase you're not in love with me and i know it's just a phase you're not in love with me I mean, back back when I was, you know, in my early 20s, it was easier for me to have the girls chase you. And I obviously knew that they weren't in love with me. They just wanted to hang out and do whatever. So, yeah, we had to, we had to just kind of emphasize that and close it out with that, man, because that's that's just what it is, you know. Gotcha. Well, on this, on this last chorus, it's just the kick and snare drum on that loop with vocals. And it sounds like almost like a a talk box and for those listeners who don't know what a talk box is it's something that uh peter frampton made popular richie sambora also uses it uh, on living on a prayer it's a wah wah yeah. wah wah that thing where where you're 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 basically mimicking what you're doing on guitar with, with your vocal is there a talk box there on that guitar god i wish no but talk what boxes is are so sick dude it must have <laughs> just been one of his crazy pedals man that he had going on on like on on it i i don't know I don't or he know. filtered it through, filtered it through some plugin in the computer or something. It's right. a crazy. It's a crazy. I'm like, is that a talk box? Yeah, dude, it does sound like a talk box. You're totally right. <laughs> your parents take me to scare them, show them you're all grown up. If long hair and tattoos are what attract you, baby, then you're in luck. Yeah, it's really, really cool, and it sounds like it breaks down to a single guitar there, Slade. Yes, one single guitar. Um, you know, thought we'd break it down for the crowd, so. They could sing along with us. And, and now something that kind of maybe go, hmm, on this part, and I want to ask you, there's like three or four voices here that are in unison on the first half up until the word luck. It's very subtle, though. It's not super loud like a gang vocal because it could have been. This yeah. part's really triumphant. That breaks down to the drums. You got that crazy what I'm calling the talk box guitar there. Yeah, yeah. But you can hear there's more voices, but it's not mixed super loud. Did you ever have that discussion? Never had that discussion, and I honestly, now that you're saying, I've never even noticed it, dude. Now yeah. that you're telling me that I've never noticed, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. But it had to be something Mahaffey and like his experience with you know mixing songs or whatever, and he probably had a little trick up his sleeve that just elevates stuff just a tad towards the end of the song, you know, and probably another trick of his. I'm not sure. I, I need to go back and listen now. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't? I, I've said this before to people. You don't sit around and listen to your own music. Come on, Slade. <laughs> God, if I did, man, I'd not be the same well, person. The the, the, <laughs> the the reason I brought that up is it's just uh, uh, when I watched the live videos, the whole crowd at that point, it's oh, like yeah. the gang, it's like the gang vocal part. So that's why I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it should have been a gang part, but it works regardless. So, yeah. Another hook within this song on the back half here after luck. There's this big woo that is a gang vocal there. That's super loud in the mix. In luck, yes, I know it's just he might have just stacked some of my vocals because I don't even remember doing gangs on those. So I think he just stacked, stacked me, dude. Stacked me on that right there, that part, yeah. Well, the last four lines here, we get harmonies on all those lines. We yes. don't get harmonies on, on the first half, which is cool because they were present during chorus two, but you left them out in that, what I'm calling the the, the subtle gang vocal. But uh, on the line, you're not in love. There's a little hiccup you do on in love that changes the melody ever so slightly. There. You know I'm 
love doing that type of stuff and i wish that at that age when i was in that song i could have changed it just a little bit more because i love when singers do that towards the end of the song they change yeah. it up and they, they you know they find another way around it that still makes sense um and listening back to plenty of our songs you know i just wish that i had that experience that i did maybe now that i do that i didn't then and the next line and i know it's just a phase the lead vocal melody slightly changes on that line and i love that these two lines the and i know it's just a phase you're not in love with me they repeat twice uh before going to the outro here uh the fact that they repeat and it's not the same chorus as chorus one and two uh, it makes it for me not feel repetitive or boring at all it just keeps it fresh here yeah, I think that was like, uh, we just tried to keep it fresh, kind of change it up so it wasn't repetitive. Um, I feel that we had a, a couple songs on that were a little bit repetitive, so it was good that we could switch it up just a tad. Yeah, it's a nice little touch. What do you call this next part? Post-chorus, outro, or just a continuation of the chorus here? Outro. Outro? outro? Yeah, outro. Okay. Outro. That, that, that's, that was what I, what I wrote down second. I put post-chorus or outro. We're going to go with outro here. The lyric is, you want to piss off your parents, baby? Piss off your parents. That's all right. You want to piss off your parents, baby? Piss off your parents? That's all right with me. Uh, There's harmonies on every line here. Killer harmonies. And on that last line, it abruptly ends with you saying me by yourself for like a half a second as the band stops right right before you. Yeah, just barely, barely finishes it with me. (laughs) You want to piss off your parents, baby? Piss off your parents. That's all right. You want to piss off your parents? It's cool. And the kitchen sink here uh, is in at the end of the song. Drums, bass, guitar, synth, keys, shaker, tambo. It's all in. The song ends. Sounds like you didn't think much of it. Just another album track. Wasn't released as a single. Yeah, and man. here we are still talking about the song because it's, it, it's blown up for you guys. Yeah, it's blown up. And it's been a crazy, crazy journey with this song because, you know, like like we told you before, we had no idea. So seeing the, um, the progression of how it's just grown and become our number one song is, is awesome. And I was a little jaded on it. And now I just have to accept that, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's a great song. And I just, you know, I got to live with it. So I love it. I've come to love it. Absolutely. And for all you aging musicians out there, don't overlook TikTok. You never know do not. what it could do for your song. Jesus, dude, for real. Like we totally <laughs> overlooked it. And we had, I'm telling you, bro, millions of videos of kids just making videos to the song. And here we are with no an account, with no account, no nothing. <laughs> so it is what it is. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, before we break here, uh, you got the new record that just came out, uh, Love and Drugs. Tell us a little bit about that. And uh, you got any touring plans coming up? What you got going on? Yeah. So uh, Love and Drugs is super interesting. Interesting. So we haven't come out with a record since 2015. So this will be a pretty big move for us. Got, what, 10 songs, got a bunch of features on it. But yeah, we're going to be hitting the road in November. I'm not sure when this is going to be released, um, but we're going out with a band called The Hire from Las Vegas. Um, so we're doing like a West Coast run with them. We got a bunch of festival stuff that we're doing too. So if you see us, come check us out, man. Awesome. Well, uh, Slade, thank you so much for sitting with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you having me on this podcast, man. Seriously. It's an emergency. It's a hold Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that really fun episode with Slade Echeverria. I can't recommend the new Ann Arbor album, Love and Drugs, enough. I love it. It's catchy as hell, and I think a lot of you will love it, too. Also, don't go anywhere. There's lots more Chris to Makes a Podcast after a few words from our sponsors. 
Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is email your best song via MP3 only and a short bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured band is The Drowns, a street rock and roll band from Seattle, Washington. The band consists of Aaron Rev Peters on guitar and vocals, Andy Wiley on bass and vocals, Johnny Wade on rhythm guitar, and Jake Margolis on the drums. Their latest record on Pirate Press Records is called Lunatics. Here's a snippet of their song, She's the Knife. Watch what you say, motherfucker! Better watch your mouth! Cause she's looking for you! The Rap with Chris and Chris. Yes, Chris, there was a lot of mention of TikTok in this episode, and I don't think that's going to be the last time because in the modern world we're in. Now, if you're listening to this 10 years from now, I don't know if there's something else that has come along, but for right now, that is a place where a lot of people discover new music. Do you know what other friend of the shows recently, Chris, got a huge TikTok boom? Uh, You with Punchline? No, I wish. <laughs> no, I was like, why, oh. I was like, why are you talking about yourself in third person? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, we did have a really big TikTok of us yes. hacky sacking. But I was referring to Weedus. Teenage Dirtbag just blew back up on on TikTok. Not that the song wasn't already huge, but it was people posting pictures of themselves as teenage dirtbags <laughs> using the song Teenage Dirtbag. So I've been talking to them here and there about that and they got millions and millions of uh you know plays and stuff because of that so don't discount it yeah which again isn't surprising the lyric teenage dirtbag think of the people that are on tiktok a very younger (laughs) generation no surprise that uh, ann arbor's song blew up too with 18 but chris do not think that TikTok is just for the younger generation. Colin Hay from Men at Work is on there. Tears for Fears are on there. So anyone who has something, some sort of music to promote, I think it's a cool place to do it. You never know what's going to catch on and what doesn't. But I think it's cool to at least throw your hat in the ring or throw your song in the ring, I guess I should say. Yeah, and I think that uh, Slade was just as surprised as anybody with, with this <laughs> yeah. phenomenon that happened with their band. Here's a song that wasn't a single, wasn't a video from the record. They hadn't even played it. It was just a complete afterthought at some point. It wasn't really like their other songs. And, you know, he, he admitted that uh, they've had to embrace 
embrace it. Same story as Weedus, too, where he's like, I wasn't even on TikTok. Neither was Weedus. They got on once the song started <laughs> taking off. But uh, yeah, uh, that's it's interesting. You never know what's going to resonate with people, man. And in the short attention spans of now, I hate to say this, but sometimes it's even a part of a song that resonates with people, a verse or just a chorus or something that hits people and you know, as artists, we got to take what we can get that will expose people to the rest of our catalogs, right? Sure. I thought it was really cool that Matt from Self, I didn't realize that was Matt from Self who produced this. That guy is a crazy producer. I first discovered Self because of his, I, I was going to say there, but their cover of the Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes, which is one of my favorite songs. He did a wild cover of that from the album Gizmodgery that came out in the year 2000. But I think that really illustrates the producer that Matt Mahaffey is. Yeah, and and Slade praised him throughout the episode, just said, yeah, that was that was Matt's thing, and he, he brought a lot to the table with the song, because sounds like they kind of had a, a sketch of it, a skeleton, he wrote it on acoustic and brought it in, and they kind of crafted it in the studio, and, you know, out of nowhere, they, they'd go home, the band, and, you know, Matt would be there tinkering with stuff, the band would come in the next day, be like, hey, check out this synth part, and like, oh, that's cool. He seems like one of those savants when it comes to producing, anyway, just listening to his music anyway, he's not afraid to use crazy sounds and and all kind of stuff so i think he'd be a fun person to work with it's cool that slade got to do that i thought it was cool that you guys got into the subject matter of the song a little bit the fact of the matter is either you are that age or you've been that age and it's a memorable age for everyone good or bad you know we were all 18 once we can all all relate to that lyric hey did you like being 18 when you were 18 or do you look back at it and like oh my better years were were later uh, i liked being 18 i was my freshman year of college the the band had started and and everything was exciting and i was going to you know 100 shows a week it was great yeah yeah i guess 18 was pretty cool i i don't i think 18 is a little overrated maybe 21 was a little cooler <laughs> anyway uh also you talked a little bit about chris the art of the falsetto and i thought that was cool you always bring up that <laughs> that that ain't your forte but uh, no it's it's it's, it's, and it's, it's a skill it's a skill and it's difficult to to sing live for sure and to yeah. be able to pull it off and that's why i always research and do you know go look at the live uh live videos from these artists that we have on here and slade kills it live he does it great that's impressive. I know there's been lots of demos. And then even from the demo stage to the actual recording stage in bands that I've played in, we've done falsetto on it. It sounds great recorded. Like you're saying, Chris, man, you to pull that off live is a feat because you got you want to have the power of singing you're singing hard but with falsetto you got to you got to scale it back and really have some good mic technique and some good vocal technique to pull that off so that's cool that he can well and i also know my falsetto i can't hit the notes that i used to hit at 20 25 years old you know my 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 range and my regular voice is still pretty much there in fact i think my range is better now than it's ever been but my falsetto i can't hit those notes my 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 old throat box is saying nope not going to happen 
That's interesting because falsetto a lot of times is used as a workaround for notes that you can't hit full voice. I know it's weird. But it's you're saying the opposite. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. And you, you know, you mentioned a little bit ago the the sounds in this song and what Matt brought to it. There was a bunch of unique sounds that I brought up. You know, processed and filtered sounds that I hadn't heard before. I thought that was a talk box that came in right. on chorus three, but but it wasn't. Uh, just such a such a unique sound. I love that uh, with, with music. It just keeps it fresh. It's fun to approach a song that way. And that's a question I have for you because you've been very rock-based. Yeah, you guys have a couple different instruments, some horns that you wouldn't normally have in a four-piece rock band or something. But have you ever let yourself just go wild? Like be in a Logic session or a Pro Tools session, be like, I don't care what I'm using. I just want to go crazy with it. Yeah, I, I do that with my own stuff for sure. I'm always experimenting, yeah. trying trying to, especially I think uh, because of this show, it's it's really mm-hmm. got me interested in, in trying to do different, you know, sonic uh, sonic things that, that I haven't done before. With the band, it's, you know, we're kind of, uh, for better or for worse, we're in a box. We have our sound. I don't think we're going to be be pulling out a, a crazy talk box that's filtered anytime soon. But you, <laughs> but you never know. You never that know. That could that could be cool, actually. Uh, with less than Jake to hear the hear you bust out a talk box in the middle of a song. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Chris, the most important thing that I would stress to anyone listening to a songwriting podcast is there's a lot of toys out there now, and there are some people that are like, no, you got to mic the amps. And there's some people that are like, hey. Kemper's cool with me or I'll plug direct more than anything whatever your opinion on that is you gotta have a great song to start with the skeleton has to be there because the bells and whistles aren't gonna turn something that's not good into something good you're absolutely correct and as far as bells and whistles goes Chris we have a couple bells and whistles outside of this show you should tell people about oh yeah if you like bells and whistles when it comes to podcasting Go to ChrisDemakes.com and sign up for our supporting cast where you'll get a bonus episode every week, a huge catalog of back episodes of the After Party Podcast, which is a lot of fun. It's an extension of this podcast where Chris and I get to just reflect on whatever the topic is that week. A lot of times it's music-based, not always, but if you like us, you want to support the show, and you want some more entertainment each week, ChrisDemakes.com is the place to go. That's right. Head over to KristaMakes.com right now and sign up. And if you haven't already, please join our Krista Makes a Podcast Facebook group. Give me a follow on Instagram at less than Chris D. And I want to thank this week's guest, Slade Echeverria, for sitting in with us. We'll see you next week. Do you enjoy the content and production of Krista Makes a Podcast? Do you have an idea for a podcast or an existing podcast that you'd like to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have over 25 years of combined experience in the pod field, and we're ready to help you succeed in the golden era of podcasting. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love 
want to love or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.